Welcome back to Encouraging Words to Give You Hope. I'm your host, Hope, to author and founder of Meditate Hope, with a mission of encouraging people to meditate on the hope of Jesus, because when you do, it changes everything. This week, we are closing out our series in the book of Ephesians. In chapter 6, we will be diving into Paul's final greetings to the Ephesians, more instructions for Christian households, and something Ephesians 6 is well known for, the armor of God. So grab your Bible and let's dive into chapter 6 together as we reflect on what God has taught us through this book. In verses 1 through 9, Paul continues with where he left off in chapter 6, instructions for Christian households. He addresses different groups of people, children, fathers, slaves, and masters. He tells the children to obey their parents, for this is what is right in the Lord's sight. He also repeats the familiar command from the Old Testament, saying in verses 2 through 3, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, so that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. This command goes all the way back to Deuteronomy 5 verse 16 when Moses was reminding the new generation of the laws. If you think back to chapter 5, the previous podcast episode, many of Paul's instructions to the Ephesians were just referring back to the Old Testament commands God had given in the past. This is just like Paul refreshing their memory on this and this is an excellent reminder for us today. Sometimes when reading the Bible, we can look at it as just a quote-unquote big rule book of what to do and what not to do for this life here on earth. But may this be a reminder to us that the Bible is much more than that. The Bible is God's living, alive, and active word for us today. It's God's love letter to us and should not be looked at as a burden, but as a blessing that we get to read God's word freely and have a relationship with our Lord and Savior. Remember that as we go through these following verses. After addressing the children, Paul addresses the fathers. He writes in verse 4, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. In other words, what Paul is saying here is that fathers should not get angry or frustrated at their children, but rather train and lead them in the way of the Lord. Next, Paul addresses the slaves in verses 5 through 8, saying, Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. Even though Paul refers to slaves in this text, this can refer to the earthly authority we have in front of us today, such as bosses, pastors, government officials, etc. Paul reminds us that no matter who is above us, at work, school, or anywhere else, we should obey them and respect them just as we obey and respect Christ. We should not only obey them when their quote-unquote favor is upon us, but do our best work always. We should always serve and work wholeheartedly no matter what the task, as if we were serving the Lord and not people, because in the end, the Lord will reward each person for whatever good they do. Finally, in verse 9, Paul addresses masters, telling them to treat their slaves in the same way, not to threaten them, but to treat them in the same way Jesus would treat them, because Jesus shows no favoritism between the master and the slave. Next, in verses 10 through 17, we get into the armor of God. 
In verses 10 through 13, Paul explains to the Ephesians why the armor of God is so vital for our everyday lives as believers. He tells us in verses 10 through 13, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Notice in these verses that Paul encourages them to be strong in the Lord and rely on his mighty power and not their own. He says to them to put on the full armor of God, not just one part or two parts, but all of it, so that they may be able to stand their ground when evil tries to come against them. He reminds them that their struggle as believers is not just against flesh and blood, but also against powers of this dark world and spiritual warfare. Now we get to verses 14 through 17, where Paul goes through the six different parts of the armor of God. As we go through, you may think of them as different parts of a soldier's armor or gear. We will be breaking down all six pieces verse by verse as we take a look at what these different parts of the armor of God mean for our everyday lives. The first two we have are the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. Paul writes in verse 14, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness in place. So what does it mean to buckle the belt of truth around our waist? Well, it means that we are to wrap ourselves firmly in God's truth. We are to be rooted in his promises so that when the storms of life come against us, we can stand firm. Now, how about the breastplate of righteousness? When we have the breastplate of righteousness in place, it means that we will be obedient to God's commands as his soldiers, even if we may disagree. We are to submit to him and his righteousness, remembering that he always knows best. Next, Paul writes about the shoes of readiness in verse 15, saying, And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. What does it mean to put on the shoes of readiness? Just as Paul said, it means that we are ready at any moment to share the gospel and ready to give God our yes to anything that he calls us to do. It means we are equipped and ready to live out our faith. Paul then writes in verse 16, In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, why is the shield of faith so important? The shield of faith represents us declaring that God is our strength and our refuge in times of trouble and worry. We are protected through our faith and trust in him, knowing that God has victory over it all. Finally, Paul gets to the last pieces of armor in verse 17 saying, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Paul says here to take the helmet of salvation with us in our everyday battles we face. This means that we should have the confidence daily that we are saved by grace through Jesus dying on the cross, which paid the penalty for our sins, and nothing could ever change that. Paul also says to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Bible is also referred to as a sword in Hebrews 4 verse 12, which says, For the Word of God is alive and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. 
When Paul says to take the sword of the Spirit, it means that we as believers should take God's word with us daily, memorizing it and making it the meditation of our heart so that when the enemy tries to tempt us and tell us lies, we have the word of God, the truth, on our side. Then in verses 18 through 20, Paul reminds them about prayer. He tells them to pray in the Spirit, bringing anything and everything before the Lord on all occasions. With this, he reminds them to be alert and always keep praying for their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ across the world. He asks them to pray for him, writing in verses 19 through 20, Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Finally, in verses 21 through 24, Paul closes out his letter to his beloved brothers and sisters in Ephesus. He writes about Tychicus, who he hopes to send to them and extends love, peace, and grace to them. His exact words are found in verses 21 through 24, which reads, Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you may know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and sisters in love with faith from God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Now it's time for discussion questions and application. As we go through these questions, we will not only be reflecting on this chapter, but also the whole book of Ephesians. So let's come before the Lord with an open and available heart, ready to receive what he has to say. Number one, in verses one through nine, Paul talked more about instructions for Christian households, more specifically addressing children, fathers, slaves, and masters. Think about each one and what may apply to you. If you're a father, may you remember to have patience with your children and guide them in the way of the Lord. If you're a daughter or son, may you remember to obey and honor your parents for it is what is right in the Lord's sight. If you're a worker or slave of Christ, may you remember to treat your earthly masters with respect just as you would respect Christ. May you remember to work wholeheartedly as if you were working for the Lord and not for people. And if you are in some type of leadership position, may you remember to treat the people below you how you would want to be treated because God is above both of you and shows no favoritism. Number two. In this chapter, one of the main ideas Paul talked about was the armor of God. Are you putting on the full armor of God daily? Is there a piece of the armor you have been neglecting? Remind yourself of the six parts, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of readiness, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, and meditate on what each of them mean for our everyday lives. Let us remember to put on the full armor of God and come back to the why. As Paul said in verse 11, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Finally, number three, let's reflect back on the book of Ephesians. What has God been teaching you through this book? What were some of your key takeaways that you are going to put into action? As we remember back to chapter one, when we were first introduced to the Ephesians, Ephesus was the third largest city in the Roman Empire, making it a busy place for major roads, ports, etc. The believers in Ephesus faced many obstacles of pagan practices, the culture at the time, materialism, and more, many of these things we still face today. Though the church in Ephesus faced its challenges, Paul encouraged them through this letter that God was still moving. 
Paul reminded them in the first half of the book of God's marvelous redemption story, and then in chapters 4 through 6, Paul discussed putting their faith into action. Paul called for unity among believers, remembering that the gospel is for all people, not just Jews. He reminded them that they were once in darkness, but now they are in the light, so they are to live as children of light. He touched on the ways of the world versus the ways of the Lord, being careful of how we live as believers and following God's instructions. Overall, the book of Ephesians had a lot to unpack. It was a time for the Ephesians to reflect on God's redemption through grace and forgiveness and how they could practically live out their faith in their church, homes, and around the world. Do you often reflect on God's redemption story for his children? It can be something we can often take for granted and overlook. But truly, without God's redemption story, we would have no hope of eternal life or purpose on this earth. Once we have reflected on our redemption story, we then have the assurance that God has given us a purpose. May we always remember God's gift of forgiveness and grace and make it our heart's desire and life mission to live a life worthy of the calling we have received to share the gospel with all people living set apart from the ways of the world and living all for his glory. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast episode. I hope it encouraged you and brought you closer to God. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. For daily Christian encouragement throughout your week and Bible journaling inspiration, you can follow at Meditate Hope on Instagram. That's M-E-D-I-T-A-T-E-H-O-P-E. For weekly devotionals and Christian resources, you can go to meditatehope.webly.com. That's M-E-D-I-T-A-T-E-H-O-P-E dot W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com. Remember that you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.